Welcome to the channel of Anna Purdue. Look for the link below the podcast and make sure to upload the podcast so you can multitask while hearing the message. And you can also look for the link and um, once you open it up, you can scroll over and select your favorite platform, Apple, Spotify, or Google, and just look for the channel Anna Purdue. A huge shout out to James R., Michelle V., Mark Z., Leonard L., Dave O., Carolyn C., Darren J., Angela E., Karen C., Daniel B., Jolie R., and Kristen S. for your donations to the channel this month. And if you are interested in helping out this channel, you can do so by clicking the donation link found on my website at annapurdue.com. And another way to support this channel is by checking out this offer from my latest sponsor. The government keeps telling us inflation is under control, or that it's just temporary. But what do you think? Exactly. This is just inflation by the back door. Noble Gold is ahead of the game here. They know that with a precious metal IRA under your belt, you'll hedge these rising prices so you can retire without worrying about it. You'll keep up with the inflation the folks in Washington are trying to hide. And this month, as a thank you, and to kickstart this precious metal project, Noble Gold is giving away a free 5-ounce solid silver America the Beautiful Bullion Cube with every qualifying IRA or 401k rollover. Take advantage of this amazing investment opportunity by visiting noblegoldinvestments.com or you can call us at 877-646-5347. That's 877-646-5347. The new world disorder is coming. Are you ready? Once you understand what this new world disorder really is and how it is being gradually implemented, you will be able to see it progressing in your daily news. This was a letter that was written to the Orange County Register way back in August of 1999 in Australia. It has now been 12 months since gun owners in Australia were forced to surrender 640,000 381 personal firearms to be destroyed, a program costing the government more than $500 million. And now, the results are in. Australia-wide, homicides are up 3.2%. Australia-wide, assaults are up 8.6%. Australia-wide, armed robberies are up 44%. Yes, 44%. In the state of Victoria, homicides with firearms are up 300%. Figures over the previous 25 years show a steady decrease in armed robbery with firearms. That changed drastically in the last 12 months of that year. There has been a dramatic increase in break-ins and assaults of the elderly. Surprise, surprise! How can this kind of result occur when the superior intellects of governments worldwide have told us repeatedly that gun ownership and gun availability are the reasons so many shooting deaths occur and why so many crimes occur? Leftist liberals shout the same tired slogans, telling Americans night after night after night that we could achieve paradise on earth if we would only force everyone to give up their guns. The liberal mass media is also pouring forth the same nightly nonsense. 
Of course, once a lie is big enough and repeated often enough, many uninformed citizens of every Western country on earth will begin to believe that at least some truth must be contained within the lie. Well, it seems like 1999 wasn't bad enough. They did it again in 2017. And in 2017, Australians turned in more than 57,000 firearms to authorities during another national gun amnesty weekend, or (laughs) I think it was done on the weekend. The three-month amnesty was the first since Australia's landmark response to that mass shooting way back in 1996. It aimed to reduce the number of illicit weapons by allowing people to hand them over without fear of prosecution. The government said the amnesty deal had made the nation safer, much safer. Note this. The government said it made the nation safer. So who was safer? The people or the government? Recently, President Joe Biden announced in a nationwide address that employers with 100 or more employees would be required to activate forced mandates, all employees, or require weekly testing. Biden's announcement set off a firestorm on social media with some citizens praising his plan and some fiercely opposing it and promising legal action to stop it. However, these mandates and passports are bringing up another issue gun owners have been warning about. Gun owners are concerned that these passports and mandates will be linked to red flag gun confiscation orders that are the law in over 15 states already, both Democrat and Republican lawmakers pushing them at the federal level. Chris Dorr, the executive director for Ohio Gun Owners, said his members are very concerned the government will use a list of non-compliant, we know what that means, citizens, to label them as dangerous and use red flag laws to confiscate their firearms. Dorr also said, we have seen the government over the last year or couple of years attempt to obliterate our freedoms at every turn. And they would do it if we let them. Red flag laws have been sweeping the country in an effort by the government to disarm citizens who they arbitrarily classify as dangerous. Now, with Biden's speech attacking the non-compliant, and you know what I'm talking about, I can't say, and treating them as though they are existential threats to our society, what's to stop them? from using those who refuse to compromise their bodies from being considered dangerous? What's to prevent them from adding gun owners who are protecting their rights to their bodies to a list of people who would be red-flagged and disarmed? In the United States, a red-flag law is a gun control law that permits police or family members to petition a state court to order the temporary removal of firearms from a person who may present a danger to others or themselves. A judge makes the determination. Herein lies the problem. Since today most judges are politically compromised, it is dangerous for many of the current judges to be the ones issuing that order. The presiding judge will base the consequence on statements and actions made by the gun owner in question. 
What if the judge determines the gun owner is a political threat to an upcoming election? Refusal to comply with the order of surrendering any gun weapons is punishable as a criminal offense. The gun owner may or may not have the weapons returned upon subsequent hearings. Remember, many of the political prisoners sitting at the D.C. Gitmo are considered terrorists. Although we have seen most all who are in their solitary confinement cells are upstanding patriot Christians, they are now actually considered by this rogue government as enemies of the state. These good people would certainly fall short in a gun weapon returning hearing. Well, orders issued under red flag laws, also called risk-based gun removal laws, are known by several names, including extreme risk protection orders in Oregon, Washington, Maryland, Vermont, and Colorado. Notice, each of these states are extreme left states. While we are on extreme, there's also extreme risk firearm protection orders in New Mexico, another lefty state. Risk protection orders in Florida. Hmm. Broward County must have gotten a hold of that one. Gun violence restraining orders in California. That's an uber-left state. Risk warrants in Connecticut and proceedings for the seizure and retention of a firearm in Indiana. As of April 2020, 19 states and the District of Columbia have enacted some form of red flag law. Do you see the trend? President Joe Biden proposed a new health project that has little to do with health and everything to do with expanding the surveillance state. At his State of the Union speech, Biden announced the $6.5 billion project to be part of the National Institutes of Health. It would be similar to the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, or DARPA, but it would be called Health Advanced Research Projects, or ARPA, or HARPA. Of course, the proposal received bipartisan applause, showing once again there are no principles in the Republican Party and no fundamental understanding of the role of government. Biden said HARPA would develop breakthroughs to prevent, detect, and treat diseases like Alzheimer's, diabetes, and cancer. However... What HARPA would really be is a fusion of the national and health security apparatus, which would be headed not by any health expert, but rather a technocrat from Silicon Valley. Eric Lander, who has been nominated by Biden for the director of the Office of Science and Technology Policy, Lander had the lefty ties to Jeffrey Epstein, who was a racist eugenist. Well, these are the types of people that he's bringing into office. And it would effectively advance the government's goal to create an office of pre-crime, like that scene in the Minority Report. And the project is not a new idea. You're not going to believe it. It was actually proposed by Biden's predecessor, former President Donald Trump, in 2019. 
This is a government that is laying the groundwork to weaponize the public's biomedical data as a convenient means by which to penalize certain unacceptable social behaviors, wrote John Whitehead for the Rutherford Institute. Incredibly, as part of a proposal considered by the Trump administration, a new government... Oh, this is terrible, y'all. This is a new government agency, HARPA, is the healthcare counterpart to the Pentagon's research and development arm, DARPA. They're going to have this health agency take the lead in identifying and targeting signs of mental illness or violent inclinations among the populace by using artificial intelligence to collect data from Apple Watches, Fitbits, Amazon Echo, and Google Home. Violent inclinations. Oh, my. In August of 2019, politicians used this tragic event of Dayton and El Paso to take away our rights to self-defense. Democrats and Republicans alike joined forces to pass sweeping regulations that could serve as a death blow to the Second Amendment. Despite his rhetoric claiming he protects the gun rights of Americans, former President Donald Trump was the biggest cheerleader for this removal of our self-defense rights by implementing these red flag laws. During an earlier speech, Trump claimed that the left is coming for our guns, and he is correct, but so is the right, and in many ways so did Trump. In February of 2018, after the tragic shooting in Parkland, Florida, President Trump took to national television to betray his oath to the Constitution and his supporters, and he famously said, take the guns first, go through the due process second. It seems politicians forgot what our founding fathers set up for we the people. It has been argued that the Second Amendment is an anachronism intended only to protect a state's right to maintain a militia, and therefore individuals cannot claim its protection as a personal right. The Second Amendment states a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. But in speaking of a well-regulated militia, the amendment merely states a reason for recognizing the people's right to be armed, not necessarily a purpose for and limitation on that right. An armed citizenry was recognized as advantageous to a free state. If the amendment were meant merely to guarantee a state the right to maintain a militia, the last half would just as easily have stated the right of any state of this union to permit their citizens to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. But this is not a state's right. It is a people's right, which they may claim in both their collective and individual capacities. In an age when the sense of community is strained and in many cases absent, the idea of citizens viewing themselves as a part of the people may seem out of place. But our founding documents often speak of actions and rights that belong to the people collectively. The Declaration of Independence, for example, speaks of the right that the people have to alter or abolish a government that becomes destructive of its proper ends namely securing their inalienable rights. 
This right here is what our politicians fear. The First Amendment to the Constitution declares that the people have the right to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Yet our good citizens who were set up by politicians they trusted are in the D.C. Gitmo as I speak for exercising this very right. In each of these cases, it is a people's right, but the exercise of that right requires action by individuals composing the people. So, with the right to keep and bear arms, it is a right of the people, but it is a right that an individual must be permitted to exercise in order for it to be effective. In fact, there is that often quoted statement by Jefferson to the effect, the most important reason for the people to retain the right to keep and bear arms is, if necessary, a last resort to protect themselves from tyranny and government. <laughs>